Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Said, welcome to the What Culture Gaming <laughs> Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilbert, joined by Pig Kill, hello, Jules Pig, and Rich Hudson. You scared <laughs> off most of the listeners. Probably, yeah. Voice. Hello. I'd love it if someone can get in touch and let us know if they were traveling with a pig. If there was a pig nearby <laughs> when uh, when they heard <laughs> this. Pig in your living room just went, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's out again. Um, yeah, we thought we'd do a questions pod because um, we're trying to plug the hashtag WCGP over on Twitter, uh, where you can get in touch and leave us, uh, you know, different thoughts and different questions and different opinions <laughs> that you might have, and we'll get around to them now. Um, um, they already did a questions pod last week, um, and we sort of do some of the questions at the end of the regular podcast as well. Um, so some of these things, well, one of them uh, popped up earlier, but because we we weren't on, we weren't in on Wednesday, we didn't do a podcast then. We're, mm-hmm. a, we're a fresh batch of humans. I thought we'd tackle it differently, but that's not the first one. The first one comes in from Steve Perry, um, who says, hello from the US, you might need your imaginations for this one. And Ubisoft <laughs> oh, higher up recently said the power of the next gen consoles will enable the creation of new genres. What is a new genre that you'd love to see next gen? Jen. Right, well, this is the thing. Uh, I mean, this guy is clearly working for Ubisoft and he's just trying to get us to farm <laughs> it's out an anagram ideas. for Assassin's Creed. Well, no, it's just because so, he wants us to farm out ideas so that he can step there and make make a new genre. That's Look, like, if, like, if, I, if I could make a new genre, do you think I'd be doing this for a living? Think I'd, be sitting <laughs> there talking, I'd be making video games. If you if you get out there first and he runs with the idea, you can point to this podcast in audio form and say, well, look, that was me. All I want to do is uh, I love uh, Job Simulator. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Mm. Hilarious fun, really well made, so I'm just thinking, why don't they take this a step further and mix Overcooked with Job Simulator? So you've got a first-person keep the kitchen from burning down simulator where you've got to <laughs> throw all your food over to your mates who are also playing in VR and they've got to catch it in real time and plate it Ooh. up and put it out. That's what I'd like to do. I, I guess that would... I don't know if I'd call it Last Food... I was expecting way better than that. Well, the thing is, I've just created a genre, mate. You can't <laughs> That's my genre voice. I've done it. I've created a genre. <laughs> genre boy. Um, Rich, what would you have, sir? If it's something that can utilize lots and lots of power that they're saying that the new consoles have, it'll have to be something uh, like procedurally generated. Like, it's a new genre. Because you don't know what genre you're getting. Ooh. It's just oh. going to gener- generate a whole new game with all the teraflops <laughs> the Series X has. It's going to just it's going to poop out a brand new game every time you press start. You know what? No actually, what you're see, that'd be great. That actually would be good if you were just like uh, so. Imagine if it was like linked up to a game like Dreams. So you just yeah. typed in just saying like I feel like playing I don't know a horror shooter 
and I want it to be Japanese schoolgirls. And then you just go bang, 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 and it generates <laughs> Fatal it Fatal frame pops up. And then it goes, senpai, senpai shooter, done. <laughs> done. And it's to generate the name as well. Yeah, yeah. If, they, if, they, if they want something that can play around with power... Well, that's that's what you'd get. I would put the word action in and just see what it what it thinks up. Action power. Yeah. I thought of the name of my game, by the way. Go on. Mates and plates. Much better. That's Thank that's you. more Thank jewels you. level. Thank you. Um, I would see. I don't have one. I can't. I'm, I don't think I can beat procedurally generated generating procedurally. So I think I'm probably <laughs> <laughs> good name for it. Um, I'm just gonna go with the return of the 3D brawler because that hasn't been a thing since like what what what. what? I thought you oh, just could be like I said. Split cell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something that they will never do, split the cell. Um, but also the yeah, 3D brawlers. I remember uh, Urban Rain on the PS2, or just the idea of Streets of Rage in 3D, those kind of games. The minority report tie-in game mm-hmm. had it where you could pick dudes up and throw them through windows and just all this environmental interaction, and it was great. But that's and why, they've not done it since. But that's why the Yakuza games are so good, because they offer I love similar Yakuza, to that. But they they don't uh, in Yakuza 6 they brought physics in, but you still can't grab a dude and throw him in a particular direction. You can only yeah. kick them and then ragdoll kicks in. It's not the same. I want to pick a guy up and throw him through a window. Just once. One day, let me do it. The fighting Thank system you. from Def Jam Vendetta. Fight for New York. Yes. That's what it needs. That with like some Havoc physics mm. and then some sort of environmental interaction would be lush. Okay, so the next question is from Nicholas Coombs. Uh, this one was on the Wednesday podcast, but again, we're three new people, so why not? Okay. You're legally allowed to carry around one video game weapon in public. What is it? Oh, God. I'm trying to think of a weapon that would double as some sort of um, a, a means to get around, like some sort of teleportation device. Oh, the Bionic Commando arm. Because then I can just fire it at the walls wait, and swing. Wait, you choose... Right. You would choose... Oh, okay. So basically you're just like, oh, I want something that was actually practical. So you choose the least practical method. We live in Newcastle, yeah. where the average building height is like two stories. Uh-huh. You would not swing very far or very <laughs> fast. There's a bloody river that's literally right next to our office. I could jump out this window right now and I'd be away back home in like 10 minutes. And you'd okay. be stuck there without your bionic oh, arm. Well, you know what? Crying. I'm just going to one-up you. Go on. i just take the portal gun, you fool. Oh, I suppose you could, yeah. Yeah, and I'll just... Like, no, no, I wouldn't I'll work. see you at your house. No, no, because no, you, you can't... There. You can't see my house to shoot the other portal. You can't get to my house from already shot it there. <laughs> you your your wife it. has got the other portal and I phone her up and I say, hey, check on, just check the other portal. I don't think that's how the portal works. And they go, bam, done. Rich, you're the portal expert. Would that get, would that get Jules to my house? That's I mean, I don't, I don't see any emancipation girls between your house and this <laughs> office. So that's, yeah, that's technically, l- yeah, he, his portal it. will stay. It's literally the co-op version of the game. Ah. One of you has one portal and one of you has the other. Oh, he's yeah, tweaking the, the rules now. Thing. Have you painted the walls of your house with moon dust? I've not. Ah, you're a bit screwed there. Ha! Oh, yeah, because you need that, don't you? You're going to have to bow on a commando your way across. it literally killed a man. Uh, Moon dust cave nonsense. I think that um, yeah, I'll put the <laughs> commando on because then I can swing with it. Um, but what would you guys have? Because even if it says weapon, you kind of want something that you can use. If the I uh, the Groovatron uh, from Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> oh, it, just throwing up a disco oh. ball into the air and watching everyone around forced to dance. Well, forced be, to, yeah, yeah, it'd be brilliant because then I could just like. <laughs> I would kind of want an option to get out of that dance if I if I because I don't want to dance forever because knowing you, you just keep throwing the disco balls out and we'd have to dance all day. For the whole week. Oh, well, you don't, I'd do it while you're swinging, so you're dancing. And <laughs> dancing you're in midair, <laughs> plummeting to the ground. Rich, sir, what weapon slash traversal mechanic would you traversal like? Traversal mechanic. <laughs> um, something that maybe I can you I could use as a traversal mechanic. Something I do I could use to uh, to to maybe end somebody, but also mm. something I could use to not end somebody. So I'm gonna pick the uh, the thunder gun from, <laughs> from Call of Duty because I can you know big big air blast, so I can use it to launch myself into the sky. Show. 
latch onto Scott as he swings over, <laughs> and then I can just go off with and him. Both dance and again, the sky. I can I could send somebody flying into the sea, or yeah. I, uh, which would technically not kill them, or I could send somebody flying into the side of a building, which definitely <laughs> would kill them. Yes. I'm a big fan. So it's a big three in one there, and it's just a really cool thing. Yeah, plus yeah. it's called the Thunder Gun. And it's called the Thunder Gun. Yeah. You can't get much better. Um, next one from Emmy. What indie games would you recommend to get someone into indie gaming? This is quite hard because I think you want something that has that sort of indie spirit um, and maybe sort of shines a light on different genres that only the indie space tends to focus on. These days, my shout would be Undertale um, mm. because I think, although in Undertale's graphics are obviously quite are extremely basic, mm. um, the level of writing in that game is phenomenal. The amount of things that it takes on board as you go through is great. It's got such great replayability. Um, I think it has so much personality and it, it's very indie, it's very quirky. Mm. Um, and I'm going to go with Undertale off the top of my head. Uh, I am going to hmm. say, I think for the the whole experience, the sort of the the the, su the surprising depth, which is obviously something that very much indie games bring to the table, mm. it's kind of their thing. Would be Celeste. Oh, Celeste's a beautiful that show. That would be what I would suggest to people if they're wanting to play more indie games mm. and being like one of the, you know, ironically the biggest indie game aside from Undertale, mm. obviously. But I think that's that's kind of opens up a, a whole genre of like these are games that really take messages and emotion to heart mm. and there's obviously a lot of games out there like Gree mm -hmm. or Gris however you want to pronounce it like I think stuff, it is Gree but I think it is near Gris, enough but you know it opens the door to stuff like that and plus Celeste is, is a banging game yeah like, Celeste's a great shout in terms of um, like the indie space will tackle like mm. mental health issues or general sort of subject matters that the AAA industry very rarely goes anywhere near um, so if you were if you were going to get into indie games overall that is something to sort of be aware of that you can get much more out of them. I'd recommend Red Strings Club alongside that too mm. in terms of conversations on mental health I would say, go on. I'd say the Banner Saga. I is, love the Banner is Saga. possibly one of the greatest video games I've played in a long time. Plus, mm. it's a trilogy, so you get a lot out of that game as well. It's mm -hmm. fantastic in its presentation. Uh, the commitment to uh, they recreated most of the instruments that they used for the soundtrack, and they were based on like uh, instruments that were like ten thousand years old or whatever. So, Ooh. like very, very like oh, maybe thousands, not ten thousand. Obviously, it was way before you. Uh. But like the um, it's just fantastic uh, mythology. I'd say other games like Pyre. Uh, great game. Oh, yeah. um, super giant. Because uh, it mixes. T what I'd be looking for to show people what indie games are all about is taking stuff that isn't done by the triple A and mm. just being like, this is something that's very unique that wouldn't necessarily get a platform mm. with the AAA thing. And mixing a sports management simulator game with a uh, like a morality in-depth thing of mm. Empire, I'd say that's quite a... Uh, Plus the art, art style in Banner Saga is like kind of... It's like old... I can't think of the movie that looks like it, but it's got a very particular art style that mm. looks like a... It's almost like um, that... What's that animal Robin Hood thing Robin Hood is it's it just called Robin one. Hood yes, it's, it's not called Animal Disney Robin one. Hood no no um, him Mr. Mr. Foxhood he that, that style where it's like animals meets humans and yeah. everyone's anthrop anthropomorphic it's that kind of style but um, done a bit more maturely uh, Hotline Miami not Hotline's a shout yeah um, especially in terms of the soundtrack I think if, it's weird because if you're going to try and sort of like obviously indie games have come so far since like 20 I always point to 2013 because that was when they became inducted into mm. the uh, the modern uh, Museum of Art in New York I think that's what the MoMA stands for mm -hmm. Museum of Modern Art um, and that was the big sort of talking point around whether games were art and indie stuff and limbo and all that kind of thing. Um, so I kind of point to that and I'm like, well, what is it about this space of gaming that is like has a personality? But I think that they've gotten so big over the years that, you know, stuff like Dangerous Driving or Plague Tale are, are mm. quite on way bigger now. Um, but yeah, they're all great shouts, I think, in terms of being indicative of why you would focus on indies. If you wanted a, like an easy starting point, mm. then there's no better than some of the all-time greats of the genre and that'd be something like Journey. I'd say that Journey, Journey is a, you know, it's a two to four hour game. Mm -hmm. It's a perfect like like a small investment, a maximum reward out of it as well. It's such a lighthearted and brilliantly crafted mm. tale. I feel like 
you don't need a huge skill level to play through it. No. It's perfect to ease someone into trying something different. And there's nothing really to hate about it. Where either. do you guys come down on Overcooked? Because that seems to be breaking through I, so I much at the minute. I love Overcooked. Overcooked. I hate Overcooked. I think Overcooked <laughs> is, is, yeah, it's another like genre of indie games of like uh, taking inspiration from like tougher games, even like Blasphemous. Mm-hmm. There's like, a, oh, so like a, an entry level to Souls mm-hmm. style thing. Yeah, Overcooked would be on there. Getting over it with Bennett Foddy. Oh, Bennett, a, yeah. Mr. Big Foddy. Yeah, yeah. A challenge. Yes, like I think it's. I think with indie games, I think you need to find a place to jump in, and mm. then you realize that there's almost it's almost like a parallel universe mm. to the AAA games industry because you can literally get anything mm-hmm. in the AAA in the uh, indie space, be it like emotional, moving things like Journey or mm-hmm. something as ridiculously silly and infuriating. <laughs> like I kind of found that um, obviously we grew up across like you know experiencing games across the late like the nineties and the two thousands, and there was especially in the two thousands there was way more experimentation with bigger budgets. I feel yeah. like most yeah. of the bigger companies were still you know they weren't focused on this form will sell and as much as like the 2010s saw loads of the bigger companies then double down on that stuff for me the indie space has been where all those ideas went and if you want to experience the variety in gaming it's in the indie space yeah. um, so next question comes from Dustin Cohn who mm-hmm. says which video game company is taking the biggest risk in 2020 and do you think it'll pay off he would say Ubisoft with Watch Dogs Legion I'm assuming that means because of the new AI system and stuff in Watch Dogs Legion um, also mm. says love what you guys do and please keep it up thank you oh, very much thank you very much lovely lovely I think I see what he means about it being a risk mm. Um, because on a technical level, the idea that like the promise that you know you can recruit anyone, yeah, and I think it's like right because obviously as soon as they announced that, the first thing people said is like right, okay, so it's the same six people <laughs> over and over yeah. again, yeah, the same yeah. six with skeletons varying or something. names. Um, but it's also it, it could also be down to a, a risk in changing what they do because mm. obviously Ubisoft formula is so prevalent now mm-hmm. that we all know what it is and we know that the last release they had with uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint it completely screwed the game yeah uh, so it's like, are they going to try and dash away from this? How how much will they separate themselves from this Ubisoft formula? Or how much will they actually not change mm-hmm. and genuinely completely ignore I'm kinda looking Breakpoint at... and just release the same thing again? Mm-hmm. I'm kind of looking at Breakpoint as like, sorry, yeah, Legion as the um, as the, the change, like to yeah. make, to justify. I mean, I like Watch Dogs too, but I think they need like a definitive sequel. I would have put that on Gods and Monsters because that looks mm. like the biggest departure from what Ubisoft do. Because I mean, when they first announced it, D3, was it this year or last year? Last, I think. Last well, it would have been at least last or the year before. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, I think Watch Dogs Legion is like, I think they're going to try, because they're trying to escape that, but I think there's going to be too much of the fundamental foundation of that game is based in the Ubisoft mm-hmm. formula and how much they can escape it will be tough because if they just hide away all of the stores and stuff that was probably would have definitely been planned for that mm-hmm. game before they delayed it, would that leave the rest of it looking hollow? Because it would just be a really, really open, like out in the open visualization of how thin those games really mm-hmm. are when you take away all the bulk added by I'm so crap and mm, loot boxes yeah I'm so curious how it's going to sell in the UK as well because it's it's literally set in a post-Brexit Britain and it's just like if <clears> most <throat> of us at this point are just going to be like yeah we can't be bothered with that half the yeah. time like <laughs> Britain's depiction and like in games especially in something like Watch Dogs is usually looked upon by Brits like oh, okay this yeah is <laughs> in Pokemon obviously it's very different because it's mm-hmm. not really Britain in like Forza Horizon 4 you're just driving cars around the countryside mm-hmm. like, that made me laugh so much the Forza Horizon <laughs> one when it's like 
like, first off, we don't get that much sun for a start. <laughs> like, like, we can barely we see the horizon because of either. the fog. It's yeah. true, all and the it, smog. And it's like, if you think that you're going to be getting around uh, our like uh, country lanes uh, in those cars uh, without coming into a tractor <laughs> every five your, minutes. And, not, and like, not losing your wheels after five seconds of parking up. Yeah, like tractor the, dodging the ca- simulator. I, I'm sorry, mate. The, the council's not been around to <laughs> reshant the roads. Oh, I was going to say the roads would be all knackered yeah. as well. Because they never fill You're there and you're like a Lambo <laughs> I would have taken a really like proper English depiction of uh, a falling game <laughs> done properly. Yeah, Bas- no basically, I- I'll give you I'll give you a little rundown of what it's like to be a very rich person in London. Everyone thinks it's like amazing. This implies like, that you're incredibly rich. No, no, no. But it's just like, I've I've seen enough of okay. them to to come up with this. Like you see people just going like, oh yeah, I'm really flash. Got the Rolex, got the suit on, got that. It's like I've got my amazing car. It's like oh, you do enjoy driving it. Well, yeah, I take it out the weekend. It's like oh, what do you mean by that? It's like well, I sit in traffic for about five hours. Yeah. <laughs> it's like just taking it around the block and spend about fifty quid in petrol just doing. Yeah, that. it's like don't leave your nice car on the street it'll get scratched yeah um but anyway the uh, in terms of other uh, companies that are taking the biggest risk i think sony uh, at the minute because they they're falling behind on the production of the ps5 they seem really resonant to actually put out any uh, official details about it they released the logo and um, they pulled out of e3 they've pulled out of gdc they're mm-hmm. not at pax east or anything um they just they've kind of just gone like well we're sony and we have the ps5 and it it's coming at some point but there's i think at the minute microsoft are gaining more momentum the only thing that seems to be in the way for microsoft is that they have said they're not doing any exclusives for three to four years which for me makes it not remotely interesting mm. other than like oh it's cool it'll be in everything box but um i like the war of the exclusives that comes with yeah. new consoles and i think that sony considering the ips that they have there's i'm not gonna say they're dropping the ball but like there's just i think it's a big risk to pull out of e3 on the year that you're releasing a system yeah definitely yeah. i think that they um it could be uh you could blanket this as well by saying that other companies that are taking the risk at the moment are anyone who is being reticent to change mm. like the industry is changing right in front of us mm. and with the release of these new consoles we are as gamers and as uh, consumers asking for different things from mm. our uh, games we have taken to the games as service thing I'd say has, it's been a bu- bumpy ride yeah very selective but it's like I think that anyone who's sticking to a year by year release is going to start really flagging we've mm. seen the sort of crumbling and cr- collapse of the uh, WWE games uh, we've seen them in the NBA games as well mm-hmm. so only time will tell if sticking to a formula like that is going to mm. keep just giving them negative returns 2K is a good show it's a very good jump off point for that Call of Duty this year mm. yeah. is in a very 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 bad position mm. Uh, I do actually have some content plug, 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 coming plug. out soon mm. uh, regarding that. But yeah, the way that the uh, the next game has been handled with uh, Sledgehammer being taken off it mm. and uh, Treyarch being lumped onto it and having to take whatever they've done and either just complete Sledgehammer's work or bring their work over with a, a year less to make it, uh, it's not looking good. It's worrying as well because it's like, have they not looked at what happened with Ukes and the 2K, uh, WWE mm. 2K debacle and just seen like what happens when you take over somebody's project halfway through and you're not given time or resources sources do it. I know that Activision are probably pouring money hand over fist into it, but it's time. Time is what it's, is needed. It's time, but and it's also the fact that they've, they have they have different they failed. philosophies. All of their games basically have failed over the last couple of years simply because their expectations, their predictions, their, their wants from it are so ludicrously high well, they have, so that they always come, come out as a loss even if they've made mm, X number mm-hmm. of million, even billion dollars, but because they wanted two billion, 1.5 simply isn't enough. <laughs> <They've>, we're going <laughs> to go sack some people. Yeah, they've, go got, they've got really weird, um, they've got 
have very differing design philosophies as well. You'll notice that those games that on and off feel very different. Everyone mm. was like, oh, uh, Call of Duty is exactly the same. It's the same it's sort really of arcade. It really, like, great. Like, Honestly, it, I'm back on Modern Warfare at the minute and I'm loving it. Yeah. And it sucks that Sledgehammer got taken away because as I'll always say, World War II is massively underrated. Mm. And it feel, when I've gone mm. back to that, it feels the most like Modern Warfare than any other mm. current mm. generation Call of Duty. In terms of the release schedule, like, it is that clash of ideals where they have a established platform for content on with Modern Warfare from last year, but they're also looking to the next installment on a yearly basis, and you can't do both unless you want to try and fracture the fandom. Like some people are going to stick with Modern Warfare, and then assumedly this year's one is Black Ops, isn't it? I think. Assumedly, we genuinely don't even know yet, but right. it could be it could be whatever Sledgehammer left, mm-hmm. or it could be whatever Treyarch were meant to be doing for next year being mm-hmm. brought back. Like, it, like I totally understand why they release these games every year because they need to reset the system because people hit out max and they get bored of it quickly. But you look at a game like um, GTA Five Online, mm-hmm. that is getting content that's put into it, but it's still on the same bones of something else but the bones are healthy they mm. work they're not being fractured and split every single year if Activision and other developers took the time to be like right let's just build one solid foundation and then every year we can come up with a way to reset it we can call it mm. seasons we can change it in terms of like the yearly progression ladders whatever mm. but just keep it the same and plug new stuff into it because the formula is right well that seems to be what they're trying to do with Modern Warfare and they, they've said oh we're going to do a Battle Royale mode for it and they, they just did like one of the but they've big already update for it. done it so why yeah. don't they stick with what they've already done and mm-hmm. basically just gone right okay we're going to move this well, I think that's weird if, if it is the black if it's anything that's remotely like modern uh, like a, a current uh, timeline or something in the future that is is close to what modern warfare is so it's like the only thing you can do quote unquote this year is something that is maybe back in the past again yeah. I mean that's what's rumored it's going to be like Vietnam like right, properly because okay. we've only ever touched on that in like Black Ops 1 mm. so that's that's rumored to be what's happening but mm-hmm. again even now toward, we know it's March on Sunday we genuinely have no idea what it is yet and usually by now we've got at least leaks or whispers we've genuinely had nothing no it's i think i I assume they're waiting for e3 or something as much as um the obviously the current industry trend of delaying everything is a thing and Mm. as much as i would love for modern warfare to get another year in out in the open Mm. is it is very good yeah it's great Uh, activision simply won't want that because they (laughs) they want that extra amount of money because Mm -hmm. they're not going to make anywhere near as much releasing another season to the battle pass as Mm. they are to releasing a whole new game that's a thing of how finished it is or isn't Mm -hmm. yeah the unit sales will always be more than any other dlc thing although the like the microtransactions they brought in for Modern Warfare seem to be keeping that thing afloat because yeah, yeah. like I said there's and they're a... not actually that egregious honestly when I'm no, uh, to it, it's really yeah. not bad you don't, like, you don't notice them necessarily unless you go looking for them How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. 
So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. No. Um, next thing from uh, Chris Malforth, who says, uh, really makes driving to and from work like a road trip with mates from the WCGP podcast. Hey. So yay. And um, would like to know what games would you like remaster that no one talks about? His would be Colony Wars or Overboard from the original uh, PlayStation. Like, Overboard? No, I was literally just, <laughs> about, to, face I was just about to say it. Yeah. Because I've been What's ba- Overboard? Well, because I've been banging on about it recently. <laughs> so what I was doing is I went through my old PS1 library and I was still like, I was like, this game is absolutely effing jeffing. This Good. is. Yep. And what it is, is you play, you play, <laughs> is a boat a galleon and you basically it's a puzzle solving game where you control a boat from a top down perspective and it's it's literally the most arcadey silliness that you can get <laughs> and you fight you can either choose to fire your cannonballs out of your left side uh, uh, or your right side okay. or you can change weapon and fire them out the front you've cool. just got to solve puzzles and avoid giant traps like saws and whirlpools and stuff like that it's like it's Crash Bandicoot if you were a boat. Crash boat, boat, <laughs> crash bandicoot. Crash, yeah, bandicoot. Bandicoot's better. I think, um, yeah, I mean, something like that would be good on Switch, I guess, if it's like a nice little mini gamey type thing or like an arcade. No, how dare you? What do you mean? <laughs> how dare you? That's What's the highest that, I could have given it. That's that's the full remaster, and it's coming out on PS5 in, with all the <laughs> what a full sixty dollars, sixty <laughs> yeah. pound thing. Um, I mean, it's it's, to- it's totally not what I would choose, but I'm just right. saying, over, overboard is that is, is that sounds cool. Mm-hmm. I never played that. Um, my shout um, from something on the PS1 would be three simple words 
Sheepdog and Wolf. Oh, so Because good, I was game. thinking about you the night. I don't know what reminded me of Sheepdog and Wolf. I think it was just Ralph Wolf. I was watching a little clip of him. Weren't we talking about... We were talking about PS1 underrated gems at Maybe. some point last week. We, week every now and then, Sheepdog and Wolf just sort of comes up yeah. in the office. Um, but yeah, I was thinking about that the other night, and I was like, why did that never come back? Why did that never get a remaster, a re-release, or anything else? Um, and I don't, need, I don't need it to be reskinned or anything. Yeah. Um, although you could do like a cel-shaded version of it, but I just, I would just take that game, just put the PS1 version on PS4, same way they did with Final Fantasy VII or whatever, um, and just let like just let me play that game. Now, I did look up the review scores the other night, and it's only on like 5 out of 10 from GameSpot, so oh. maybe my childhood's no, 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 lying no, no, to me, no, no, no. but no. I thought it was good. Official PlayStation Magazine gave it 9 out of 10. I good. swear down, mate. It's, good. It's, it's worth every single second that you Good. I remember game. thinking it was brilliant. I thought it was really hard when I was a kid because you've got, you've got, if you, you play as uh, Ralph Sheep, uh, Ralph Wolf, mm-hmm. and you go up against Sam the Sheepdog, and you've got to steal the sheep in a puzzle-based scenario. Um, it's, from basically, he, basically, he likes it because it's Metal Gear Solid, but you. Yeah. It is kind of like Metal Gear Solid. It is yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you get a big, big red rocket put on your back, and you sort of swoop in, you pick up a sheep, and then you fly back to the checkpoint again. It's amazing. Um, Rich, what would your underrated PS1 thing be? Oh, do you know what? Most of the stuff I played on PS1 were all uh, licensed games. Mm. When I think back to it, we're all like movie tie ins, TV tie ins, like, you know, the Potter games on PS1. One of the best, are the best ones. Mm-hmm. Sorry, uh, the uh, Monsters Inc. Scare Island as well. I absolutely <laughs> adore. Oh yeah, I really, 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 really like that game. <laughs> uh, playing like you know Gran Turismo and stuff like that as well. Mm. Uh, but the I think I mentioned this before on pods. But uh, the Italian job on the PS1. Yeah, you yeah. won that. Yeah. It was yeah. a really, really good game. And I you know I go back to it and it is it's really really hard. <laughs> but um, I really, really, really love that game. But I love the idea of taking a film or a TV series and making a game out of it. Like way after. It's prime because obviously that game was made to be reminiscent of the two thousand, uh, sorry, the nineteen sixties film, the Michael yeah. Caine one, uh, not the reboot one. Um, and then they, you know, they did things like the uh, the Scarface game on PS two. Yeah, loved uh, it. And even recently, they did a Fort Boyard game. Did they? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't know this. Yeah, yeah. it was literally only like last year. They I guess the Warriors was like thirty years. Yeah, and the Warriors as well. That was another so thing. Like taking an older film or TV franchise and making a new game out of mm-hmm. it. That's kind of what they did back with the, with the Italian job on the PS one. And mm-hmm. it's like I don't know why they didn't do that more because those no. those IPs are are yeah. up and about. They're yeah. floating out in the air. Like even um, taking something like the uh, Incredibles game, right? of the underminer on Ciao. the gamecube uh which was intended as the sequel to Incredibles, it was wasn't it yeah. That, yeah. Incredibles 2. so the fact that they opened the incredibles 2 with the underminer i was kind yeah. of sad because it's like that's negated that entire <laughs> yeah. game yeah. um but i mean yeah obviously yeah italian job for me would be something i'd love to see redone mm-hmm. but even just the general idea of taking an old ip that may just be up in the air with a film studio and yeah. just making a new game out of it oh like the thing game for example. yeah thing game something go- along those kind of lines do more stuff like that because mm-hmm. you know Licensed games to direct films just don't happen anymore. No, if you did it way after, it frees up the production time and everything. Like the yeah, exactly. Goals. It's like you don't have the pressure to try and release it on a film release. You can just make the game. Mm-hmm. What's the um, engine that the Resident Evil 2 remake is running on? RE engine. Just call the RE it's engine. Just, yeah. yeah, I mean, so we're already seeing that RE2 and RE3 are on the same engine with little tweaks. As I'm seven. just, and, and yeah. as a 7, as you just said, I think that they should go back and my PS1 choice would be Dino Crisis because I yes! just think that having the ability to have, it, instead of zombies, like T-Rexes and infected <laughs> Velociraptors I mean come on yeah like, it's, come and on. I thought that was an open goal after yeah. uh, Jurassic World like became the highest selling thing of the in the world at that time or whatever it's like just cash in on dinosaurs you've got an IP waiting I wouldn't be surprised because Capcom love a bit of the money who doesn't love a bit of the money uh. and Square Enix they love a bit of the money they yeah. love a bit of the money they're doing remakes at the moment they're both doing remakes uh. of the thing what happens when eventually one of the representatives from either company meets in a lift and they just go hey, <laughs> hey you remember when we did Parasite Eve I and, mean, they, yeah. and they're going to go 
oh my god, that's my Paris Eve again. That's and they Paris hug, and, and there's a rainbow. And, yeah, and then everyone's just like, oh, we're gonna make so much money. Should be talking Wolfie, how did you do it? Yeah, yeah. Should we do that as well? Yeah, we'll throw it in there. Just why not? If you're gonna bring that in, do you have the license for that? Not at all, mate. I'll throw it out We'll make it work. Um, very, we can do a quite a quick one because I don't think I've played. Did you play much Final Fantasy 15, you chaps? I wait. Final Fantasy 15 is the not the last the, one. Yeah. one. Oh yeah, yeah. So I thought I was thinking of the online one. The that's Final Fantasy 14. Yes. yes, I have it. I've got the Royal Edition. Oh nice. Okay, we'll do we'll do a little quick one. I don't think you haven't played Final Fantasy 15. Nope. We'll we'll tell you why it's naff. But the um, <laughs> this, this <laughs> question naff. It's, it is pretty naff. No, it's not naff. It's pretty bad. It's just the combat doesn't ever feel as weighty as I wanted it to. Yeah. But I have had I've had it. You've got more control over it than probably any other Final Fantasy. Other than the remake, the upcoming one, oh, but which like, is so good, which I can't talk about. But uh, um, still, the um, yeah for 15, I didn't like that you had to hold the button to the combat. I thought it yeah. looked gorgeous. Anyway, uh, question comes from Sanic, great name, um, who just <laughs> says, um, "You guys talk about Final Fantasy all the time. Uh, just wondering what your thoughts on Final Fantasy 15 are. He adores it. Um, it's my first Final Fantasy, but not last. Thanks. Right. All the best, Red Heart. You have." Answered your I think own question. I, copied, I think I copied and pasted that. It's changed it to Red Heart. Nobody's anyway. You mean like a love heart? Sort of yeah, thing. it might have been. Well, the thing is, is that I genuinely think that because you have said that it's your first Fun Fantasy game, you're going to be enamoured with it because it actually mm. is a perfect entry title. Maybe it's a decent action game. Yeah. It has got a fairly confusing plot, but it's not like overtly convoluted like some They've of the other ones. They've a lot of stuff now as well. They've got like uh, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. The Camaraderie that you have with your um, uh, with your friends is genuine. Can like, you name them? I can name Noctis. Oh, not yeah, I Noctis can never remember. Ignis. But the Prompto. But you end up spending so much time with them mm. that you end up just going like, oh, their personalities are really quite charming. Yeah. That doesn't actually happen that much in other Final Fantasy games. I know that other people will say, oh, I've got my favorites and blah, blah, they're party mm. favorites, but they don't have as much, f- they don't really feel as fleshed out because of the lack of voice acting. I would I would disagree in point two, seven and nine, but um, but the, the campfire scenes, not eight for the camaraderie. I think that if you're gonna have a platoon of people, I think seven and nine's parties are yeah, their parties. Yeah, yeah, sure. um, but in uh, 15, the campfire stuff, because you can choose to just say, sit down, make a campfire, wherever you want. Oh, sorry, no, at specific uh, points mm. and cook some food. And there's like all this little banter where everyone cooks food and shares it together. And it's like a, a cool way to bank your XP and yeah. stuff. Um, those things are cool. Um, but yeah, in terms of like recommending others, for me, I'd recommend seven or nine. Um, they're, so, yeah. just, they're so godly. I, I know that seven and nine get like loads of love. Nine less so, and I think that mm. nine definitely nine deserves is right a lot next of time. to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, nine's just as good. But eight is really good. Mm-hmm. Eight just is one of those ones where it feels like such a fever dream once yeah. uh, school gets hit by the ice in the heart because mm-hmm. you're just kind of like, what is happening? Like you're a regular school teenager, <laughs> and now the school is flying, and yeah. it's a, she's an ice time witch, and I think all of time is falling apart, and, and you're going back and meeting Irving, and like, it, it's, it's like, what's like, that, what? goes crazy, but it has yeah. one of the best concepts at the start, that it's just mm. like a university, it's totally Harry Potter style, where like you're... Yeah, uh, no, it literally, it literally yeah, is. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's this one, Rich. And uh, yeah, you play, you know, you're a student, it's, you're part of this group called Seed, and you're learning how to be a, a soldier, ostensibly, but you're part of this university of soldiers, and you get dispatched out to do uh, different missions and stuff, but you're all hanging out on campus, and um, at the beginning and you sort of get to like foster all these different relationships through the campus first. There's, there's one thing that they don't really address that's actually hilarious. Your grades on uh, like your um, 
mental stuff and your physical stuff mm. it's all graded on like a system and depending on what grade you get that's how much you can charge or what missions you can take on yeah. so if you're really crap you might just be stuck like going like oh there's some little bugs in the forest going to attack them you're like, like bug protector yeah I'm grade F yeah. um, next question comes from Ben in brackets Kratos Cigara I'm gonna go with Kratos hey. Cigara hey. also I'm gonna ask you guys what would you guys have in your brackets as your name what would you pick um, I'll be I'll be Scott Shovel Knight. Isn't this, oh, I was about to say, isn't this uh, more sort of like your I know that uh, Metal Gear Solid name? That's just his username. I do like oh, I know. I'm just thinking, what, what would we have in brackets mm. to accentuate our actual names? I'm going to go with Shovel Knight. You can I, pick whatever you want. What? <laughs> yeah, because well, he loves Shovel Knight. I yeah, it, I just, are we just putting a game, are we just putting a video game character there? For the yeah, this isn't an actual question. I just thought <laughs> we'd add something in brackets to make ourselves look cooler. Time crisis. Not, gonna That's going to be mine. <laughs> just, just time crisis. Good. I'll take that. His actual question was: Give us a soundtrack in a game that made you feel something or defined a moment for you, for better or for worse. I can't think of anything for worse, um, but for really positive stuff, I always point to this very start of Halo Two. Uh, when you're taking on the Scarab tank mm. and it's the first mm. time you hear the Molnir mm. mix. Rich, what was your musical thing? Oh, God. Was it I, the MIDI Harry Potter? Have, do, you know, do you know what? Genuinely, genuinely, go back and listen to the soundtracks of the PS1 Harry Potter game. They're <laughs> really good. They got a whole orchestra and it's, it's fantastic. Um, <laughs> I remember I w came in and I watched you doing a live stream and you were playing through the spider forest yes. bits. And I was like, this music's genuinely quite, secrets. yeah, it's quite it's creepy. Mm. Um, I think for me, uh, again, I don't really have anything about like bad about music. No. Or, like, a point that made me feel really sad with specifically the music. Mm -hmm. But for me, the first time that I really recognize video game music was Broken Down Records Split Second. Nice. With how mm -hmm. that music is played into the actions of the game, mm -hmm. similar to how SSX did it as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that was the first time I I realized that they put so much effort into something that you'd, you know, in other games, it's just like, yeah, there's music in the background. That's mm -hmm. all we need. And then when they played upon that and they, they made this incredible soundtrack, which I've been listening to recently, going back to it, it's like, God, this game's so good. I think anything that dynamically mixes audio yeah. in is just yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, but then yeah. in terms of just pure like quality and craftsmanship i have to go to cuphead nice yeah that's i mean the, the that's a great show it's incredible music, so music. i would uh, yeah i think for mine um yeah i'm gonna throw in hotline miami um because that that kickstarted yeah. my love of synthwave but that, <laughs> but that game you play it in time with the music like not yeah. literally but it's the 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 i don't know the furious nature of that uh score completely like factors into the way that you play that game and it just it only makes you play faster and take it in so better when i was a young lad so you gotta yes. imagine like full full emo fringe okay. at school School, had just discovered what LimeWire and BearShare were, which were, you know, like peer-to-peer -peer, like downloading <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. systems. And I didn't know what piracy was at the time. <laughs> and my friend Joe was just like, oh, have you seen, um, have you got the new demo disc uh, for the P PS2? And I was like, no. He's like, hey, I'll lend it to you. Go home. And it had a demo for Final Fantasy X on. Great. And it had that intro music. It was like, do do <laughs> <laughs> the thing that everyone thought was Ramstein, but it's yeah. not. Yeah. Well, they, but, yeah, but they were every right to think it was oh, because, no, yeah. because the lyrics were. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at the lyrics to that, where it's like "take you" or whatever. It's, it's it's like, all I remember was like "and bite the hand that feeds you." That was the only line that I could make out, and I remember just being like, "Yeah, this is awesome! I love this! I'm gonna download this track." So, so even though I'd listened to many soundtracks before, and you know, like Sonic the Hedgehog's theme, Mario's theme, mm -hmm. will always be embedded in my brain. Mm -hmm. I remember that one time clearer than ever because of the fact that it was just like I was so hyped for this. I was the same. I'd like. 
crap metal track. Oh god, it was like every, there was a, a back in in my high school. Everyone said that there was an English band that covers Ramstein in English, and that's what that was. And I have never that, actually gone back no, to figure that out. That is definitely it's definitely like, not the case. That, that's that's so like Mew is under the truck. Sort oh yeah, of like yeah. Band. Well, he wa- no, he wasn't. But missing no was don't, or something. Don't. One of them was totally under the truck. <laughs> no rules. one was under the truck. There were, but I think in regards to the Final Fantasy thing, yeah, there was um uh, yeah the b- very beginning of that because it went alongside the CG cutscene, looked phenomenal and yeah. everything. Final Fantasy has a, a way of just nailing those kind of moments. Every every intro from Final mm. Fantasy across the board will always be good. That um, Final Fantasy VIII one where Squall and uh, Cipher uh, yes. fighting. Oh, he cuts his face. And he cuts his face and the, the, the feathers come up. And yes. Like, Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> it's getting serious. We can end on Mr. Edward Shiraz Hans, who says, are turn-based RPGs dead or did Dragon Quest Eleven, Octopath Traveler, etc. prove that there is still a market for them in the gaming world? Cheers, guys. Enjoy the podcast. Jules, you are a legend. Oh, thanks, bud. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say no because Yakuza 7 is pivoting their entire design to become a turn-based RPG. Uh, One letter, a dash, and one word. XCOM. (laughs) Turn-based strategy. Would you call that a turn-based RPG? It's you level up in it. You do. It's you upgrade. A strategy game. Is it, well, isn't isn't any RPG a strategy game? I, but XCOM's not an RPG though. Wait, well, what's is okay, it? Okay, if it has characters. Okay. If it has like character development. Mm. Yeah, because you and you, stuff, then yeah, you could spin it as an RPG. Not obviously. Not, you you are literally yeah. primarily an RPG, but you're yeah, literally has, creating a character and then uh, giving them perks and strengths. It's true. It's and true. you can customize how they look. And, yeah, I mean, and, the, the, and it can... literally and it literally is turn based. Yeah, I, I, I'm not saying it's not turn based. I just when I think of like the examples he gave, like Dragon Quest Eleven, Octopath Traveler. Okay, well then let's take Octopath then. Yes. So break it down for me what makes Octopath <laughs> different from XCOM well the fact the perspective for one the story well you perspective is nothing you can't just say like in terms of like perspective is how you look at the game no but if you classify JRPGs it tends to be a side on turn based thing this is a completely different angle for well, everything always, always done is pivot the camera up <laughs> <laughs> but I think I don't know if, like the examples that he gave I think are very story I know I'm just being an whereas XCOM <laughs> it's not necessarily um, but in terms of people being attracted to turn based gameplay mm. that's still totally like civilizations humongous yeah I mean two point hospitals phenomenal I'll say term, yeah, specifically turn-based. Yeah. I, I feel like um, there will always be a place for it. I mean, there was a time where they said that the JRPG format was dead because of the fact that it didn't seem to sell well. But mm. I have no idea what they were basing it on, apart from yeah, maybe... A, Western numbers uh, rather than Eastern mm. numbers, probably. I, I will have to say that maybe there might have been a bit of a bias in the fact that there was an oversaturation of the market at one point. I remember there was a time where we got um, from Square alone. Mm-hmm. They released, like, Lost Odyssey, which we were talking yep. about earlier. They released that... Um, Last Remnant game. They released uh, another one. There was Magna Carta. Oh, another game. Was, they they yeah. put out so many, and it wasn't just them. It was loads of them. Mm. That there probably was a bit of a sort of like, well, it's actually a bit boring now. I think there's an assumption that live action is better. Like, because uh, Richard, you much of a Tim? Do you love? Like, no, really. Because does it tend to be? Because I know that like you and Josh bounce off that stuff too. Like, does it tend to be you want something that's more full on? Because there's an assumption there's that that's better. I think there's a part of me that would kind of, like. The, the closest I get to turn-based is Pokemon, right. which is obviously mm. the, pretty, the loosest mm. term. That's, that's totally it's turn-based RPG, yeah. But like, you know, that's, if I said, oh, yeah, Pokemon alongside Final Fantasy. Like, uh, <laughs> I think that's pretty much but, um, Yeah, I, I, I think it's just sometimes when I play turn-based stuff, I just look at it and think, I wish I could just be like actually using my own like reflexes and stuff mm. to have combat. Like It's kind of like using VATS in Fallout. Yes. I never use VATS because it's like, oh, I could roll a dice and see if I can hit a headshot, or I could 
hit a headshot myself. <laughs> I think that's kind of why I bounce off turn-based Right, stuff. right. I think that maybe, uh, just based on that, you might like the uh, Paper Mario series because yeah, they I mean, actually have an ability where you can actually interact with the attacks you're doing, so you like press a button at the yeah. same time and you bounce, or you can the evade stuff at the right Super time. only one Paper Mario on the Wii, which okay. is really not RPG-based. No, no, no. 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 The, I think um, it's a Thousand Year Door. I think, year door I think so, yeah. Um, Mario's the N64. Valkyria Chronicles, which I hadn't played for so long, and mm. Jules mm. recommended it so much. That's a great down turn-based strategy game yeah. where you when you need to take a shot it's like a military-based anime thing yeah, when you need yeah. to take a shot you zoom in you aim I, aim the rifle aim the tank I yourself and then zoom game. back out and move See, everybody that's kind of the kind of thing i'd be keen on not mm. like i would completely brush off doing turn-based stuff if, if like for example like yakuza went hey we're gonna do a turn-based mm. game if, if a game series i liked said hey we're gonna do a turn-based thing I'd call be of more, duty turn-based mm, <laughs> 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 no, uh, no um like I would, I wouldn't say no, but I wouldn't. I'm not the kind of person to go out, out of my way to play. Mm -hmm. turn I have a weird thing for it. I think it's because it's nostalgic for me. It reminds me of my childhood. It reminds me of Final Fantasy VII and and those old school JRPGs that were all on the PS1. That if anything has a turn-based mode in it, I'm just all over it. I think I'm in the same mindset. Mm. I think it might be down to sort of personal preferences. I just like being in full control yeah. and knowing that I can take my time to come up with a response to an enemy's thing. Because mm -hmm. like sometimes in the heat of battle and say like Devil May Cry or action games, mm. I'll be overwhelmed and I just. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Whereas if I was like, oh wait a minute, if I was just able to pause time and look over there, there's an escape route or there's the thing. There's I something be doing. cool about yeah, freezing time, planning a bunch of stuff out, and then letting it all go forward. Mm. I think the John Wick Hex game does that, and it's like yeah. that game got no coverage, but that game is great mm -hmm. in terms of I'm gonna punch this guy, steal this weapon, roll over here, do this, whatever, and then you know resume time and do that stuff. Um, but yeah, I think overall, it's I think it's I think it's it's too old school to go away. It's like it has too much of a following. It's embedded. Yeah, I think it's I think it's, it was, said it's, it's got a resurgence, and I think mm -hmm. they because the industry so big the audience base across the board is so big there's a chance they can easily tap into that many people and mm -hmm. if, they, if they go in with realistic expectations to how well things will sell mm -hmm. then they'll be happy yeah mm -hmm. totally um so yes that's been the world culture gaming podcast if you want to send in your own questions thoughts bits and bobs use the hashtag wcgp and we'll get around to as many as we can in the future mm. um but yes for now i've been scott from that's not the thing at all i've been scott from whatculture.com i don't care anymore this is I the mean, end of, of not a video it's not you, you're not right i mean i'm not right <laughs> oh my god my mind broken? is broken it's let me Friday. know let's go down in the comments. Uh, this has been the Local Gaming Podcast. I'm Brudy, your host, Gautil, for joined by Jules Gill. Thank you for having me. And Richard Tutson. Thank you for listening. Have a great weekend. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Someday I'll not mess up the ending. Never. But it is not this day. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.